I believe that one of the things that you and I have very much in common is that I believe that all of us here want to make a beautiful difference for the Lord in our church, in our community, and in this great country of Canada. Amen. And so today's message is entitled, Principles for Making a Big Difference in Our Church and in Our Country. Ezra was a man who made a big difference in his spiritual community and in the country of Israel. After a period of time when many Jews had been held as slaves in Babylon, some of the Jews were allowed to go back to Jerusalem and back to the ruined temple which had been previously destroyed by the Babylonian armies. After many years of hard work, the Jewish people were able finally to rebuild the temple. Some years later, in 458 B.C., God sent Ezra, Ezra the prophet, the scribe, from Babylon to Jerusalem to have a major spiritual impact upon Jerusalem and the whole area, the whole country. When we study Ezra, we discover some very important principles for making a big difference as an individual. And I want to invite your attention now to some of those principles that are very practical and relevant to your life and mine. The first principle is this, number one, be open, be open to taking on a special mission for the Lord. Ezra was a person who took on a special mission for the Lord. In chapter 7, verse 1, we read, Many years later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, there was a man named Ezra. He was the son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah. Now we'll skip a lot of those other names and go down to verse 6. In verse 6 it says, This Ezra was a scribe who was well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord the God of Israel had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for, because the gracious hand of the Lord his God was on him. And then when we read further along, we come to verse 25, which kind of summarizes his mission, Ezra's mission in verse 25. We talked a little bit about this in last week's message. Verse 25 says, And you, Ezra, are to use the wisdom your God has given you to appoint magistrates and judges who know your God's laws to govern all the people in the province west of the Euphrates River. Teach the law to anyone who does not know it. Teach the, the law. Ezra's mission, Ezra's mission was to appoint people to govern the Jews and to teach the word of God to everyone that came under his authority. And as verse 6 says, he came up to Jerusalem from Babylon. Think about it. He could have stayed where he was, but Ezra responded to the special call and the special mission for the Lord. And I want to challenge you today, I want to challenge all of us to take on a mission, a special mission for the Lord, and in doing so, make a big difference in our church, 
in your community, and in our country as a whole. Now, your mission might not be as big, on as big a scale as that of Ezra's, of course. But nevertheless, your mission, my mission, is very important. For we are servants of the Lord. Well, what might that mission be? What might your mission, what, what might your mission, my mission be? Well, for all of us, our mission is to witness. Our mission is to witness and tell others about Jesus, about His love and grace. Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Amen? That is a very important part of our mission. Tell others that Jesus loves them. That Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for their sins. And that because Jesus died on the cross, now you and I and each one can be forgiven of our sins, adopted into the family of God, and receive the promise of heaven. Amen? That is the good news. That is the good news. And so make it your mission, our mission, to witness and tell others about our Lord Jesus Christ. Make it also your mission to invite someone to church at least once a month. Make it your mission to invite someone to the Lord's house once a month. Many of you are here today in the Lord's house because at some point in time someone invited you to church. I'm here today because as a young teenager of 15 years old, someone knocked on the door of our home and said, Are there any boys and girls? Are there any young people or adults that can come to Sunday school and church over at the Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene? Amen? So, my dear friends, make it your mission to regularly invite someone to church. You never know how God's Spirit will work in their lives. For some of you, your mission can include many other things. It can include volunteering to be a substitute Sunday school teacher and or a nursery worker here in our church. A person who, who lovingly in the nurseries takes care, wonderful care of our babies during church services, maybe once a month or once every two months. But look in the church bulletin, find that response form about you being a substitute Sunday school teacher, about you serving in the nursery, fill it out. Well, parents, I've talked briefly about Sunday school and church. Parents, if you want to help your child and teenager grow up right, there are never total guarantees, okay? I understand this. But if you want to help your child and teenager grow up right, Bring him or her to Sunday school and to church every Sunday, and you be here yourself. Don't just send him or her. Amen? Now, I want, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. In this culture, repeatedly, there will be, repeatedly, there will be temptations for your children, youth, and yourselves to skip Sunday school and church. There are and there will be repeated temptations. There will be temptations on Sundays to be away from church for sporting events, for walkathons, bikeathons, 10 kilometer runs, 20 kilometer runs, work picnics and parties on Sunday mornings and all kinds of other events. All kinds of stuff happens all the time. And I want to say to us this, blessed. Blessed is the person and the family who says, 
my children and I will be in Sunday school and in church every Sunday morning unless illness prevents us. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the family and the person who, when you go away on vacation, and I want you to be away on vacation appropriately at appropriate times during the year so you get some rest and, and new scenery and so on. Blessed is the person of the family who, when you're on vacation, comes the Lord's Day, you make sure you look up and you find a good Bible-believing church, and you're there that, that morning for Sunday school and church, wherever you are visiting. Amen? We want to live by God's commandment which says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Right? Let's remember the Sabbath, the Lord's day, the Lord's day. Parents, a major part of our mission is to do our best to raise our children in the ways of the Lord. In the ways of the Lord. And, and when, when, I was, when I was preparing for this message and I was thinking about Sunday school and caravan and children's church, you know, I, I, I stopped and I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the Sunday school teachers in our church and, and our children's church workers across the years and the caravan club leaders who, who, who made such a valuable, precious contribution to the spiritual development of my own two children, Jeremy and Amy. Amen. Thank you. Thank you to those of you who have served and continue to serve faithfully in capacities that involve boys and girls and young people, praise the Lord. Hey. Let me say as well that your mission, your mission can also include volunteering. Volunteering in other ways, in our local church, at a hospital, in a senior's home, at a soup kitchen downtown, at the Sharing Place, which is a ministry of the Church of the Nazarene, in the West End that distributes food and clothing to people who are in need. Your ministry and mission can be, can be serving in, in a boys' or girls' club in the community. There are many opportunities, and I want to invite us to say, Lord, guide me, lead me. Lord, help me to find my ministry and my mission in the local church, outside of the local church. Your mission might, might also be to become a part of, of the core team that will help Pastor Yanni start our new church in Ajax this September. Thank you to those of you who have committed yourselves to be a part of the core team in starting the Ajax Church this September. The bottom line is, my friends, let us be open to taking on a special mission for the Lord. Praise God. So, this is one of the principles for making a big difference in our church and in our country. Be open to taking on a special mission for the Lord. Here's a second principle that I believe is also very important, and it is this. Be willing to cooperate and show teamwork to do something great for the Lord. Be willing to cooperate and show teamwork. This truth came to my mind from Ezra chapter 7, verse 7, which says this. Think about it as I read it. Here it is. Some of the people of Israel, as well as some of the priests and Levites and singers, gatekeepers and temple servants, traveled up to Jerusalem with 
him that is with Ezra in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes' reign. What does that tell us? That tells us that Ezra could not carry out the mission alone that God had called him to. He couldn't do it alone. He needed other people. He needed others to cooperate with him and to, to work with him. My friends, cooperation and teamwork, cooperation and teamwork will make a spiritual impact upon children and youth. In this month of July, we are going to try to make a spiritual impact upon children in our community and those who are part of our church already. We are going to try to make an increased spiritual impact upon boys and girls through the sports week and the week of day camp, which Rhea McIntosh and Pastor Jeremy have been diligently preparing for. Also this month we are trying to make a spiritual impact upon the young teenage girls through a week of camp, which I spoke of earlier, which Joyce Spencer has been preparing for. This month, a group of our teens, led by Matthew Liu and Pastor Yanni, will be attending Nazarene Youth Conference down in Louisville, Kentucky, which is designed to have a great spiritual impact upon young people. In fact, it was at this kind of an event, it was at Nazarene Youth Conference, except back in 1970, it was called International Institute, it was at that event when I first experienced my call to the ministry. That's why I'm always eager for us to try to get young people to Nazarene Youth Conference. And I want to thank those of you who will be working with and cooperating with our leaders to make a special spiritual difference in the lives of boys and girls and the lives of young people this month of July and beyond. Let me also say that Cooperation and teamwork with Pastor Yanni to start our new church in Ajax this September is, is, is so very valued and important. I want to thank those of you who have volunteered to be a part of that nucleus with Pastor Yanni. And thank you for your current and, and future cooperation with him. I want to mention as well cooperation and teamwork that is needed to, to step up, to step up your commitment here at Rosewood Church. As we launch the new church in Ajax this September, we will need, we will need some of you to take over responsibilities here at Rosewood Church, the mother church, to cover for and to replace the people who will be going to be a part of our new congregation. Also, as some of our people become a part of our Ajax church, they will begin to tithe. They will begin to give their tithes and offerings to support our daughter church. If you are not already tithing, if you're not already giving, I want to ask you, I want to ask you to, to start giving tithes and offerings. A tithe is a tenth of our income. Thank you to the many of you who are already tithing. And there are others of you who from this day forward are going to say, Lord, I am going to begin to tithe and to be generous as well. Amen? And especially as some of our people go to start our Ajax Church, 
We need your cooperation and your teamwork to step up your commitment here at the Mother Church. Will you do so? Will you do so? I believe you will. I believe you will. Uh, nowadays, nowadays, organs and keyboards, like what we have up here, the musical instrument, they all operate by electricity. But many years ago, organs were supplied with air by means of someone using a hand pump. Someone sat behind the organ or to the side of the organ just pumping away, either by hand or foot. Have any of you seen an old, uh, an old organ like that? George? Ruth? Foot pedals? Yeah. I think the Main Street Church used to have one years ago, didn't they? I believe, I believe they did. How, how many of you just, how many of you have seen a pump organ? Just put your hand up. Oh, yeah, there are more of you than I thought. Yeah, I mean, most of you are so young. I, I thought you're just too young to, to have seen older things like that, you know. Well, speaking of uh, a pump organ, years ago, a famous organist was giving a concert with an organ that was supplied by air by way of a hand pump. All right? The organ was being supplied with air by, by a hand pump. A young boy, a young boy was hired to pump the organ for this very special concert. All was going along fine until the boy, the boy put his head around the side of the organ and he whispered to this famous organist, he whispered, we're doing pretty good, aren't we? We're doing pretty good, aren't we? Well, what do you mean by we, objected the organist? What do you mean by we? A few minutes later, in the midst of a beautiful song, as the organist was playing away, the organ suddenly stopped. Stopped playing music. Totally. The organist pulled all the stops and all the pedals, you know, all the stops and pedals that you, these organs had, and, and he thought something went wrong, so he's pulling all the stops and pedals, trying to get this thing going again. No sound. Well, then, then again, he saw the head of the boy just kind of bob around the corner with a broad smile on his little face. And the little boy said, Now, do you know who I mean by we? <laughs> My friends, in the Lord's work and in the church of Jesus Christ, ministry is done by we. We, not just by a pastor or pastors, not just by lay people, but by we, we, we. <laughs> Teamwork. Makes the dream work. Amen. Amen. Here's the third principle for making a big difference. Third one is this. Be a person who is trustworthy and dependable. Be a person who is trustworthy and dependable. If you were to read Ezra chapter 7 verses 11 to 20, you would be amazed how 
dependable and trustworthy Ezra was. In fact, he was so dependable and trustworthy that King Artaxerxes basically ended up saying to him, Listen, the king said, Ezra, if you need anything else, if you need anything else to carry out your mission, here's my bank account and here's my PIN number. That's what King Artaxerxes said to Ezra. Some of you are thinking, I'm kidding. Look, verse 20. The king is speaking to Ezra, and he says, If you need anything else for your God's temple or for any similar needs, you may take it from the royal treasury. What's the royal treasury? The king's bank account. Ezra was trustworthy and dependable. And the question is, are you? Am I? The bottom line, my friends, is a person who is dependable and can be trusted will make a difference in church, at work, in the community, and in this great country of ours. Amen? Here's a fourth very important principle in making a big difference in our church and in our country, and it is this. Be eager to fast, humble yourself, and pray. This truth comes out in Ezra chapter 8. If you move over to chapter 8, verse 21, here's what it says. And there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us, this is Ezra speaking, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that He would give us a safe journey and protect us our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. And then verse 23, So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our Prayers. We fasted and prayed that our God would take care of us, and He heard our prayers. My friends, I want to remind us that the first Saturday of every month, the first Saturday of every month from 9 till 12 in our church, is a wonderful time of fasting and praying together. We take those prayer lists that you see in the bulletin, and we pray through those prayer lists. We pray for other churches in the community. We pray for the leaders in our city, in our province, in our country. And I want to invite you to make our prayer and fasting time a priority. Come for part of the Saturday morning or for the whole morning from 9 till 12. Whatever is possible for you. Amen. Have the right motives when we pray. And also, don't be surprised to what someone might say in their prayers. And also recognize there are various ways of praying. Three ministers were deep in a discussion about the best positions for praying 
while a telephone repairman worked nearby. They were having this big discussion about what's the right way to pray, and there's a telephone, telephone repairman doing his job nearby them. And um, one of the ministers said, kneeling is definitely the best way to pray. No, said another minister, I get the best result standing with my arms outstretched to heaven. That's how we should pray. You're both wrong, said the third minister. You're both wrong. The most effective prayer position is lying on the floor face down. When you pray, lie on the floor face down. Well, the telephone repairman could contain himself no longer. Hey, guys, he interrupted. The best praying I ever did was hanging upside down from a telephone pole. Recognize there are various ways of praying. But however we pray, let us be eager to fast, humble ourselves, and pray. And so, my beloved friends, here are four important principles that can make a big difference in our church, our community, our country. Be open to taking on a special mission for the Lord. Be willing to cooperate to do something great for the Lord. Teamwork. Be a person who is trustworthy and dependable. Amen? And be eager to fast, humble yourself, and pray. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we're grateful for the important principles we're able to discover from Ezra. And there are so many more principles. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to live out, to put into practice and to live out these principles. And in so doing, Lord, we believe that you, you are using and you will use us in greater measures to make a big difference in our church, in our community, and in our country of Canada. Let it be so. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the many people who are already living out these principles in beautiful ways. And thank you, Lord, now for the ways in which you will use, you will use the Scripture, the truths that we have shared, to motivate all of us to practice these truths more and more. And in so doing, honor you more and allow ourselves to be used in greater measure by your Spirit. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.